the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us. We have a wonderful show for you as we near the end of our Heroic Faith series. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my dedicated wingman. Hello, everyone. Today is special for several reasons. Number one, it's the day the Lord has made. Number two, we are again joined by Pastor Steve Dennis, the executive pastor of the Light Community Fellowship in Willis. And third, our hero today is our beloved Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. You may remember Pastor Steve was with us last week as we talked about the 12 Apostles. He is my very good friend and my pastor, and we are happy to have him back on the show today. Thanks again. You know, I'm always excited when I get asked back for a second time. Yeah, that, <laughs> is, that, that means that, you did well the first. That, that is the mark of a, a good deal. Good point. Friends, as we continue in our series on heroic faith with this seventh episode, don't worry if you missed the first six episodes. You can listen to them at kkht.com under the Programs tab by selecting Podcasts and looking for Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelo, and that's me. Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Steve, will you please pray for us? Be honored. Father God, we praise your holy name. We thank you so much for this for this day and all that you do for us and through us. We're so amazingly blessed, so we praise you for it. We thank you for this time to come together and be guided into your truth and into your word, and that's our prayer for the day, that all that are listening are guided into your truths and drawn closer and and more into the image of your Son, and that hope rings uh, through these words that we speak today that that just shine your glory and, and bring that hope to those that are listening. So in All we do in word and deed, may it glorify you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Pastor Steve, thank you for joining us again. As you know, today is about Jesus and his heroic traits. And I must admit, 
As I prepared, I felt a tremendous sense of awe to be able to talk about Jesus as a man in flesh who experienced many of the emotions that we may experience, and yet in his time on earth, he modeled such a heroic journey that we have the opportunity to copy. Does does that make sense, just that feeling of awe? Absolutely. I mean, you can't look back and see... The, the the magnitude of all that he did and and really i mean if you grasp it at all you would have to be in all as a man yeah it's funny for some reason when i was writing the show it felt different to me to talk about him kind of as a man than our lord and savior and we have to remember that he was fully in the flesh so he contended with the devil by the way how did he overcome the devil with scripture and the holy spirit the same way we overcome. Scripture, God's truth, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God's power. We talked in the last show about it's, how it's not until a hero turns to God that they find their power. Right. And so true. So Jesus just teaches us so much. He was completely submitted to his Father's will. He stood against the flesh when the devil tried to tempt him. He stood against the powers of the day, cultural influence, the religious hypocrisy, the mob mentality, materialism. And he he stood, though he was scorned by the very people he was trying to save. And that's just so amazing to me. And he stood, though it required the ultimate sacrifice. You know, as we view that from an earthly perspective, uh, it's not enough to say it's awe-inspiring. It also models for us what our walk should look like. We shouldn't expect a a carnival ride. It's... it's, um... I think that's also another big misconception out there that this Christianity thing means everything's going to be perfect and rosy and mm-hmm. pillowy clouds and playing harps. I mean, that's the, that's the farthest from the truth. And and I, to me, that's one of the most hero most heroic aspects of Christ is is to the point of anguish. He was it, it was a turbulent ride, but he mm-hmm. did it well. Yeah, uh, I said on the last show, there's a huge distinction between nice and kind. Right. And the world has lulled Christians into the idea that we should be nice. And nice doesn't stop people from throwing them off the spiritual cliff. Kind, on the other hand, says that I value you more than me. And even if it hurts me, I'm going to tell you what God tells me you need to hear. I think that's an important distinction, and that's where our power is, and we can't let the devil rob us of that power with this idea that Jesus was a lamb, because what we're talking about today is the fact that this man, fully human, in the flesh, was the epitome of heroism and courage. So in the context of our heroic faith and this discussion, Pastor Steve what are some of the things that occur to you uh, that Jesus taught us? Uh, this this question kind of, as I read it, brings two things to mind, really. Um, one being unwavering, no compromise. Uh, he was He was pressed from every angle possible to compromise, to try to fit what he was saying into what they had already established in, in the ways of man. And he was unwavering. He was like, nope, nope. This is this is not how it's going to be, and and then his total submission. Uh, we we spoke a little bit about it on the last show, but his total commitment and submission to the bigger picture, to to his father's will, 
uh, there's a much bigger plan than than it meets what's right in your face. And he's his commitment and unwavering to that, I believe, is a, an example that I strive <laughs> and don't always reach that that pinnacle mark, but but strive to say no, the bigger picture, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna be wavering, and I'm not gonna compromise, and I'm gonna commit solely to it. Uh, brilliant point, beautiful, and I think. Uh, you brought up striving, and I told a story a long time ago about this father who loves football like crazy, and he has a son, and he's excited that his son's going to be a football player, and the kid turns out to be as uncoordinated as all get out, and he has these big, thick Coke bottle glasses, and he's never going to be a football player, but every day when his father comes home from work, there's this little man in the front yard throwing the ball and practicing and trying hard to be a football player. And my guess is that father loves that little boy more than if that little boy was Roger Staubach because he doesn't have all the stuff, but he has the heart. And as we pursue God and Jesus as these uncoordinated Coke bottle glass wearing people, who are so far from perfect, but every day when he sees us, we're in the front yard trying hard. It has nothing to do with catching the touchdown pass or being the the game-winning quarterback. It's the striving. And so I love the fact that you hit that point. As I said, some of the things I see as totally heroic about Jesus are that he was completely submitted to his Father's will, and he stood against all of these things. And as I think about it, it brings me to tears. And you make a good point that it's not being perfect. So uh, I like to build cabinets. People have asked me, why do you agonize? Why do you try so hard? Why do you mark the wood with a razor blade instead of a pencil? And I say, because the pencil's too wide. And I say, they say, well, you're kind of silly. And I say, yeah, but if I strive for one sixty-fourth of an inch, then by the time the world has acted on me, I probably end up with about a 32nd or a 16th of an inch. And you can't see that. The cabinet still looks good. But if I only shoot for a 16th of an inch... Then by the time the world has acted, the wood has moved, I'm at an eighth of an inch. And that you can see. And so, as you said, strive again. Another place uh, where I see that is we just try to be righteous. We read his word and we ask for his help and we try and do a good walk. And we won't be perfect. But if we don't strive for perfection in the first place, then we're never going to get even close. It'll be all muddy and messy. And so I think that's a, a great point. A really big point that I, that I want to get to is when I think about Jesus, I don't ignore the man who got so angry at the money changes who defiled his father's house that he made a whip of cords and turned over their tables in a rage. And I don't forget about the man who lived his entire ministry behind enemy lines And he was hunted, and yet he still spoke in crowds in plain sight. And I don't forget about the man who called the religious power brokers of his day a brood of vipers. This Jesus was not a man to trifle with. And so, with all of his heroism and courage, why is it that Christians are so fixated on Jesus, this nice guy, versus a heroic warrior? I, I, again, I think I think it's from a misconception of of really what all every bit we're doing, and 
because Jesus did come in love and he tells us to first love our Lord and our God and then love our neighbors as ourselves. And he uses the word love and he uses the word forgive and he uses the word kind and he uses and led those things by example. Then we think, well, well, that must be what it's all about. But we also, as you said and pointed out, he came here with a distinct purpose and that's what he was sent here to do. And it was to conquer and it was to and he did it through love and he did it through kindness and he did it through. And then there's the there's the conquering king. That's why scripture says he's both the lion and the lamb. Mm. We we everyone loves the lamb, the cute little fuzzy lamb that they can hold in their hold in their lap and pet and cuddle. And, and this is my pet. But there's the lion as well. And, right. and he's coming. Yeah, I'm, that's a great point. I'm thinking, you know, what I heard earlier as well is love. And I often say this is people think that's kind of you you alluded to it hearts and flowers and clouds and unicorns and you know all marshmallows and and marshmallows and the truest of love is wanting more for the other person than they want for themselves the truest of love is speaking the truth uh and and helping them to be who they've been put on this earth That, that we've got love wrong jesus modeled love truth is love Uh, Love is truth. (laughs) I think about that. From my perspective, the man and his time on earth, I think about the heroism it took to fully submit in faith and to listen to the Holy Spirit in the circumstances of our lives. And Jesus was incredibly matter of fact in a lot of things. And people missed that part. So he, he, he didn't have these crazy quarrels. He just moved away. He didn't seek out certain conflict that was going to be demeaning. He sought out conflict that was glorifying and instructive. So it was this amazing uh, man who, in the circumstances of his lives, acted in a way that glorified God. And so I think sometimes we resent the circumstances of our lives, Mm, and yet they are the means by which we will glorify God when we walk a Christian walk and we are joyful, or we are loving and we speak a truth to a world that doesn't want to hear it. Things aren't always what they seem. So... I love the part where when Judas brings the soldiers to the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus says to him, he calls him friend, do what you have come for, friend. And that seems backwards. Why would he call his betrayer friend? And it's because, as you said, he was so about his father's business and Judas helped him complete his mission. So why wouldn't he be his friend? And and he had to that, like you said, that that mission, all that had to happen to go down. But even though he was betraying him, Christ went to the cross for him as well. Mm. Oh. I mean, I mean, are we not all Judases? Right. That's yeah. powerful. Um, That's a painful point. Are we not all Judases? And he went to the cross for each one of us. So mm. um, that brings th- tears to my eyes. Do do does he not call me friend? He does. And so um, it's real easy for us to try to paint Judas as this this horrendous bad guy. But are we are we not in the same boat? Yeah, and it's interesting. He betrayed Judas for money. Or right. Judas betrayed Jesus for money. And how many of us prioritize our pursuit of money, materialism, the things of this world, to the extent that we uh, give Jesus maybe an hour on Sunday? Mm, yeah. And then the rest of the time, it's the world according to Rich or the world according to Christy. Right. Um, not so much the world according to Pastor Steve, because he's pretty awesome about really pursuing... <laughs> 
pursuing uh, Jesus and loving Jesus as people. So you make a great point. I think it, I'm hearing it. It harkens back to the last show that we did together. You talked about that testimony. And so when we can, you know, if our testimony even is as a Judas type thing, then, but that's still Christ died for us, even though we might have, you know, that, that testimony of I was here, Jesus saved me. I'm now here. He saves all of us if we come to him and we, we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. It makes it a little harder because I don't get to hate. Right. I don't get to be angry. I can be in the moment. Jesus was in the moment, but that anger must very quickly become resolved. Lest I give the devil a foothold. Don't go to sleep on your anger. You give the devil a foothold. So again, as we look at the distinction between nice and kind, yeah, you can be angry. If you're not angry at, sex trafficking, if you're not angry at children being sold uh, as slaves, Mm. if you're not angry at some of these things, then there's a problem. But in your anger, be resolved, as was Jesus. So his life wasn't about making a whip of cords and turning over tables, but he used it to be resolved about his father's business and to show the world how awful and wrong that is. His life was about the truth. The truth. So, uh, what other thoughts do you have as you, we're coming toward the end of the series on heroic faith, and Ruth taught us about heart. The centurion taught us about faith. Queen Esther taught us about the fact that there's no perfect time, there's this time. And for a time such as this, you were made... And doing what you can where you are with what you have. I always say that, especially about Queen Esther. Next, we did King Josiah, who became king when he was eight. And then they found the book of the law. And he realized that the uh, kingdom had been uh, falling into idolatry. He absolutely revamped everything, got rid of all the Asherah poles and all that stuff. And then we had Jeremiah, who turned his back on the world and spoke truth, God's truth. And uh, then last week we talked about the apostles and how they embodied all of the heroic traits. So as we're coming to the second to last in our series, uh, next week we'll have the series finale. What would you want to add from the context of Jesus as a hero? From the point of truly Christ is the only one that embodies all of that. Um, we, when we take the apostles as a whole, we can see where they embodied all of those, but in any one single individual, like, like we talked about last week, Peter, Peter messed it up a lot. Um, they, they all denied him. They all left. So Christ is the only one that, that really sets the bar that, that we follow. So to me, that pulls our eyes off of any individual man, heroic or not, um, and sets us strictly on Christ. And, and I think that, that in that, you know, you in our house, we have this this painting, this picture that says, um, peace is not the absence of conflict, but rather the presence of God. And so he told us in Scripture, we're going to have trials, we're going to have tribulations, we're going to go through these things. It's, am I walking in the presence of God? Am I, am, I, am I in tune with the Spirit? Am I doing the things I need to do, read my word, praying? Am I acting Christ-like? Then I am the peace, because the Amen. presence comes with me. So in that storm, in that tribulation, in this anything you can name today 
am I the presence of God? You know, because am I the presence? It, of it, you know, we're called to be ambassadors. We're called to be his witnesses. Mm. Fr- friends, that is the truth, yeah, a beautiful truth, beautifully spoken. And speaking of truth in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture, which informs our discussion. And today our moment of truth comes from Luke chapter 22, verses 42 through 44. As Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. As we think about the fact that Jesus was a hero, we can't forget that he was fully human. On the eve of his crucifixion, he suffered painfully, sweating blood. And though he experienced such deep anguish, strengthened by angels, he acted according to his Father's will to sacrifice himself for us. Overcoming anguish takes courage, and our faith requires the type of courage demonstrated by our Savior, Lord and Savior, not just Savior, but Lord also, submitted to him. He is our Savior. So as in all things Jesus modeled by his suffering what it would take for us to be courageous Christians. We must strive to act with love and righteousness in all situations. We must pray and pray even more earnestly in times of struggle. And we must remember that Christianity is the ultimate counterculture. And though we shape the world when we act with heroic faith, it will not be without struggle or suffering. In a recent sermon Pastor Steve preached, which I loved, he said we should see our families as a little church. And I I thought that was a beautiful image. And though we should see our families as little churches, we should see our opportunity in Christ as infinitely huge. We must do our very best to nurture every occasion to show our faith to a lost world in the love that Pastor Steve talked about. We can never be sure of the story God is trying to tell through our lives in joy and suffering. And that brings us to our quote of the day which comes from a book by Joe Battaglia called The Politically Incorrect Jesus. And it's a great book, and the title alone is worth buying it. In his book, he said, We glorify the villains, and we vilify the glorious. And to me, this is true, but also incredibly sad. Modern Christians have been weaned on a steady diet of be nice rather than be kind. Being nice is focused on how it makes us feel. Being kind, on the other hand, is focused on the receiver, As Christie said, it's focused on loving them enough to want the best for them. And it includes being kind enough to tell someone they're off track or deluded or just plain wrong according to God's truth. As this perverse, godless, secular world ransacks everything of value, glorifying villains, Christians allow them to vilify that which is glorious by being nice. I know that's hard to hear. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. And I love you too much to shade the truth. Jesus was glorious, and we allow the world to vilify him. When will we be angry enough to turn over the tables of the money changers, or angry enough to call progressive politicians a brood of vipers, or angry enough to withdraw every Christian dollar from corporations and organizations which pander to politically correct lies? And when will we be committed enough to have difficult conversations, to stand our ground and to read our Bibles and to pray more earnestly than ever? that God's will and his truth be done. Jesus was a hero. He strode boldly down the street, and he was loving and kind enough to speak plain truth, and he was committed enough to carry the cross on which he would be crucified along the same streets. 
He was courageous and he was glorious, and we are allowing him to be vilified. Obviously, Christianity is not about anger. It is about love and healing and redemption. But it is also not about being friends with the world. It's about changing the world. As we wrap up, please think about this. Jesus walked through the marketplace, and those who were sick reached out to him and were healed. That simple, that powerful. To be healed, people had but to reach for him, to find Jesus, and to ask him to heal them. As we walk through the marketplaces of our lives, striving to live in the fruit of the Spirit and expressing our faith courageously, we have an opportunity to bring healing with God's truth. The world is evil and jealous, and it won't like this. It will shun and vilify us. But Jesus walks with us, and he knows these marketplaces very well. I would like to thank Pastor Steve for joining us. It's wonderful to have him on our show again, and I assure you he will be back. He has such a way with God's beautiful and loving truth. Pastor Steve, thank you. Thanks for having me. Friends, we can't hang out in holy huddles. We have to bring our faith to the marketplaces of our lives. And should you want to know more how to do that, please stay tuned. Should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. Thanks for joining Christy and me and Pastor Steve today. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.